Hello, Lighthouse family. How you doing? Uh, we are excited uh, for today's podcast. I'm sitting here with Patrick Cox. What are you doing, Pat? Uh, sitting here, we're recording the podcast intro. <laughs> this is really, really exciting. <laughs> hey, so this is... Um, you ask a question like that, be prepared for the sass to come back at you. It's, <laughs> it's not ingrained. I wasn't was saying sass. <laughs> uh, so Linda Sheffield today. Yeah. You know, there's, I almost feel like there's this, there's a movie that needs to happen about war wives. Yeah. You know, like, and because the, I mean, we'll have Ron on here in a couple of weeks and, or next week. I even. think it's next week. Yeah. The, and the story that Ron has about faith in, in the middle of the uh, Vietnam War and just really a slice of America that comes right before kind of I'm aware of things, you know? Yeah. And so I just love to hear how Jesus was alive, even in some circumstances that I've never, I mean, you know, one time I got in a fight in an alley, that's yeah. about, you know, that's about <laughs> as, as hard of, as anything I've had to go through. But then to think, man, these wives at home mm-hmm. and the worry and the raising kids, and there's a strength there that is just so impressive to me. It is. It's amazing. And the, you know, Ron was gone for a year, three times. Yeah. Like that's a big chunk of time that Linda had to do things on her own. And you and know, it's... what I, you're going to love this, this podcast hearing her tell the story because Linda is kind and mm. sweet and even unassuming. Like, you know, you, you don't, you don't know that you, how impressive she is when she just kind of walks in the door because she's thinking about you and being mm-hmm. super kind and yep. asking you how your day is and whatever, and, and just serving all over the place here at lighthouse. But, um, but man, like, um, was a war wife and raised kids and has always served churches. And then you hear her tell the story about in kind of like in, which is, is, is fun for me to hear because in a season I'm about to enter, like in her, was it her fifties? Like when she was 50, she like started a career. Yeah. yeah. It was like a successful business and she is tough and smart and it is fun to, and to see the, like that core of faith and, and she really loves the Lord. Definitely. Really loves her church family, really loves her family. It's, it's fun to stand in the presence of somebody like that. Hmm. So what do we have going on around church coming up here? Uh, for the family to know about. We got the work day coming this Saturday. Work day this Saturday. Bring yeah. a pair of work gloves and I'm going to bring a clipboard so I can just walk around. <laughs> There's not going to be anything on the clipboard. Like, but... mm, those <laughs> looks chips good. need to go a little more <laughs> to the right. left. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll all be working hard uh, and having fun and lunches provided there. And then uh, 4th of July. 4th of July. But before that, we also have the annual meeting coming up on the 30th. Aha. Annual meeting one. on the 30th. That is big. After church. That'll be a good time. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're taking kids to high school camp. I am taking kids to high school camp. Um, we're leaving Friday morning. We'll come back Tuesday afternoon, evening ish. Nice. So yeah. It's gonna and be you're going to do some speaking up there. I am going to do one of the talks. I'm doing one of the talks. I'm doing the talk on the last day. So it's a bit of a recap of everybody else's and then a little bit of my own as well. And talking so. about like belief. Talking about belief. So the, the theme of the camp is foundations. Yeah. And uh, so we're talking about the foundations of a faith and a life in Christ. Yeah. And uh, belief 
self-belief is a big one. <laughs> it is huge. And it is something, this is a whole nother podcast, but it is something that like, we just misunderstand what the word means. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, I think stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of things I'm not willing to stake my life. On, exactly. You know? But to, to say, no, this is the core truth. Well, we'll be praying for you. Thank you. Proud of you. Thanks for leading the charge with the youth and, and, uh, doing all that. Well, uh, and then 4th of July, we're going to light fireworks and have a great time. Have a great time. <laughs> it's a good place to be. I like being it here. It is. It yeah. is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so that's enough of us uh, yapping. Let's get to Linda. Um, hey, play the bumper music. Okay. All right. Let's start officially so we can hear these stories properly. So oh, I, we don't need those stories. But <laughs> Oh, I'd love to hear those stories. Okay, so I'm with Linda Sheffield. And Linda, you are so dear to my heart. And we have had so many opportunities uh, for me to hear some stories. And I'm looking forward to putting some of them, some of them out to the world uh -oh. <laughs> and getting to spend an hour or so listening to your story. Uh -oh. So we do, we want to talk about, we want to hear some stories of your life and we want to hear about what gives you joy and we want to hear about what gives you hope. So let's start at, uh, let's start at the beginning of the story. Where were you born? I was born in a small town in Oklahoma. Actually, I lived in Canton, Oklahoma, but I was in the hospital. I was born in a hospital in Watonga, Oklahoma. Watonga. Watonga. It was part of the Cheyenne and Arapaho had a reservation really close to that. It's right in the middle of the land rush. So Canton it was home. Mm -hmm. And was Canton home all growing up? No. When I was five, mm -hmm. my dad had been working for a United States gypsum company. Gypsum. gypsum. Drywall. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they were... He was working there, and he was doing very well, so they transferred him to their main office in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So we moved from small-town Canton uh -huh. to Oklahoma City. I was the only child, mom and dad and me. Okay, so so you were just telling me before we started pushing the record button about how Canton, Oklahoma, got founded. Yes. My great-grandfather and my great-grandmother, no, my great-great-grandfather ran in the Oklahoma land rush. He staked a claim. He brought family in. He brought friends in. And that became the town of Canton, Oklahoma. The interesting thing, if I can throw this in right now, because yeah, it kind of fits, is uh, my mother, who was 102, passed away um, a year ago. Yeah. We were taking her ashes to bury them with my father in yep. Canton Cemetery. And my mother had given me a box, and she said, this is a very important box. Do not lose it. Hmm. So when she passed away, I opened up the box. And inside was some receipts for the, for the cemetery. And I said, receipts for the cemetery. So I called the city, this small town, Canton is 500 people now. Okay. And I called the clerk, and she said, I said, I would like to bury my mother's ashes with my father, who's uh -huh. married in the Canton Cemetery. And I said, but I have these papers, and I don't know what they are. Uh -huh. So she 
I read them to her, and she said, would you read that again? So I read it again, and she said, Mrs. Sheffield, you own the cemetery. <laughs> you own both of the cemeteries because I had a second one. Uh-huh. So my grandfather and my great-grandfather had t- had bought all the plots. for, And so all the families there, and I thought, well, do I have to pay taxes and all that <laughs> I don't want to own a cemetery. She says, no, no, no. The bank is taking care of all of that all right. because these two people – founded the city the city founders you know that's one of the things one of the reasons why i i i think it's so important to talk to your family in particular and we have a couple other families at church like this but like when you talk about oklahoma to monterey like that is a piece of america especially because of john steinbeck Mm -hmm. that that is a really important piece. Like it's hard to understand America without understanding the dust bowl. And then the sardine factories, like that particular connection. And, you know, my, my family was uh, kind of a, a parallel. It was uh, Missouri to Bakersfield mm-hmm. uh, right after world war two. And so, you know, Bakersfield becomes like sort of Nashville West and the Bakersfield sound and, and Buck Owens and the whole thing. But, but really like, you have an understanding of Dust Bowl oh. to Cannery Row. Oh, yeah. That doesn't feel like just something that some teacher made you read sophomore year of high school, but it sounds like something your parents would have experienced. Or... Well, I don't know whether to throw this in now or not, but the reason, one of the things was that this church mm-hmm. was founded mm-hmm. by three young ladies, your age probably, your your, your wife coming, they... Um, they came because it was a dust bowl. Their families were wiped out. They came over. Parents put them in the picking cotton or something over in Central Valley, and they yeah. said, we don't want that. Yeah. So they came over that somebody said, go over to, to Monterey. You can work in the factories. Mm-hmm. So they got over to the factories, and they discovered there was a military base there and a lot of young guys. Mm-hmm. So these ladies found their fellas, and then they said, but we need a church. We're missing a church. Mm -hmm. And that's how Lighthouse Baptist Church. Now, to me, God had a plan putting us here because that was my family from the beginning were these people who were coming and settling and making things happen. And just to kind of timestamp it, like the women – and you, you kind of are our resident historian, and we don't really want this to be the story of Lighthouse. We want right. it to be the story of Linda, but you kind of are um, uh, with another two or three people here yeah. at Lighthouse, like kind of our historians. You know the story better than, yeah. than the rest of us do. And like when we're talking about these three like very brave, faithful women who, oh, I mean, yeah. starting a church is no joke. It's hard to do. And and um, with some support from a church in Salinas, but had a heart to plant a church here on the peninsula and one that felt like home. Oh, yeah. And um, but we're talking about like they could have very easily known Doc Ricketts. Yes. Like this is the kind oh, of yeah. time in the world we're talking about is very much Steinbeck's Cannery Row. They were here. It was well, the, the military was m- gathering for World War II, I think, yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. Might have been World War I. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. But they were very 
definite that they were going to have a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they dug a, um, a uh, basement. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't realize it was going to pour down rain. <laughs> they, so right. their guys had to. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But but it it stayed. Uh-huh. That church that they that when we got here in 1978. Yeah. One of the founders was still alive yeah. in our church. Yeah. And we That's talk an important to her. story to tell. Yeah. You know, it is, you, you walk, as we're recording this yesterday, Notre Dame, the cathedral oh, of Notre Dame burned. Yes. And how terrible is that? But, you know, when you walk around Europe and you go, oh, these, these churches have been here since the 1200s yeah. or whatever. And really, yeah. we don't have that kind of history in America, yeah. um, especially here on the West Coast. And so these really are like the. This is how the churches that we see around us now were founded in. Oh, and this, this generation. This property was a chicken farm. Yeah. And Cynthia Maloran remembers it that yeah. way. Yeah. So we have people who are living here who have come to this church when it was just being formed. Actually, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, so Canton to Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma you, City. Do you kind of feel like you grew up in Oklahoma City? I did. Okay, so do you feel more yes. like a country girl, or do you feel more like kind of a big city? Well, in a way, I feel like a big city because we had to move so many times, and we were in uh-huh. cities more. Yeah. But when when I went home for when I when I had felt felt good, mm-hmm. really good, was when I went to my grandparents mm. on Christmas mm. and Easter and things like mm. that. And my grandfather singing "How Great Thou Art" from mm-hmm. a choir. I mean that that took me back. Yeah. To to small town. I don't mind small towns. Yeah. But um, I feel like we got to Oklahoma City. It was much bigger. Mm-hmm. And we, you were five. I was five. Mm-hmm. I went to kindergarten all the way through um, through high school, and went uh, the University of Oklahoma was about a half an hour away. Uh-huh. So I went to the University of Oklahoma, majored in business and education, double major. Okay, we'll get there. That, Can we get to college in okay. a minute? Let, let's, because yeah. uh, I want to hear every one of those stories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's go to like high school. Okay. What kind of stuff did you enjoy doing? What, what did uh, high school look like for you? Big school, little school? It, well, anybody who knows me knows I'm five foot nothing. Mm-hmm. But I was a basketball player. That's yeah, why were. I like basketball. Yeah, I could hit those threes, those threes before Drainer. they were ever important. The Steph Curry of yeah. Oklahoma City. Yeah, I was fast. I couldn't guard anything, <laughs> but I was fast, and so. Uh, so you could play good defense, yeah. even if you're not blocking yeah, anything. I yeah. I spent four years playing, playing. My mother wanted me to be a cheerleader, and I went. No, Mother, I don't want to be a cheerleader. I'll sing in the choir. Yeah. I'll sing in the chorus. I did that, too. Uh-huh. We went to competitions. So I sang, and I shot threes. Now, <laughs> that sounds like a great high school career. Did, uh, My dad loved it, see. He was a sure. sports guy. My mother was a musician, so I had to do both. Actually, I wanted to. Those yeah. are not <laughs> bad things to have as your influences. Sports and music are are formative now now i'm going to tell you one more thing and don't tell anybody we're going to publish (laughs) this to all the tens of people listening my mother played the piano for a dance studio Uh uh-huh and so i took dance lessons okay but i was one of those that would have been uh, a gymnast if Mm -hmm. if 
they had had gymnastics then. Yeah. So I could turn myself inside out and rolled around uh-huh. and did all that kind of stuff. So I was You're an dancer. athlete. You're an athlete. Yeah. Coordinated, strong, fast. Yeah, yeah there we go. I like it. So. Um, and you still like athletics. Yeah. I do, and I still like basketball. Yeah, before we push record, you were complaining about the Warriors losing. Oh, yes. I was <laughs> very time, upset. I the, didn't even listen to the last four minutes. <laughs> by the time we, that was game one of the playoffs, and you're already mad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> by the time this gets uh, published to the world, we'll know whether or not the Warriors won. Uh, yeah, won the championship or lost somewhere along the way. But, but uh, uh, blowing 30, 30ty points just. <laughs> yeah, it's unacceptable. Yes, and unacceptable. Boogie Boogie Cousins got hurt. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I'm sorry about that. Too. <laughs> I didn't like that either. Were you a good student in high school? I was a good student. I was a four point student. Yeah, I have to admit that That's I worked good. hard for that. And sang in the choir. And I sang in the choir, and I sang, and I, uh, I didn't. I I played basketball, but when we got to junior high, the the I mean to high school. Oklahoma cut out women's basketball. Come on. No, we didn't get to play women's basketball. So I had to sit, and Mother wanted me to be a cheerleader. And I didn't want to do that either, yeah. but I did once in a while when somebody else needed help. <laughs> I mean, that is like, you know, we like it's very frontier. It's very, like, cutting edge that you were one of those that kind of was standing up going, why, yep. why don't girls get to play ball? You think of the great women's basketball players now, it was never going to happen unless you were shooting threes in Oklahoma City. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know what? One of the guys that was a basketball also coach wanted me to play tennis. He thought I'd be a go. real yeah. tennis player. So my dad said, oh, yes, give her tennis lessons. Well, I, I tell you what, there was one thing I could not do was play tennis. Is that I right? could <laughs> not get the ball to go where it was supposed to go. I, I don't know. It just wasn't my just, just If wasn't I could happen. throw it three, yeah. you know, with a basketball, yeah. I did great. Yeah. Yeah. Tennis never did do good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I played tennis in high school. That was mm-hmm. my best sport. And uh, and so when I started dating Tiffany, I thought I was going to, you know, mm-hmm. turn her into a tennis player and we'd play. And she's just a power hitter. Like Tiffany think like she would keep hitting it over the fence and like celebrating it, you know, and I would just be going, no, that's not the point. She's like, yeah, that's the point. (laughs) So, so we have fun, but uh, she never, she never loved tennis. She wants to hit things hard. Not, not necessarily in the court. Okay. So you're in high school, Mm -hmm. you're playing some ball, you're Mm -hmm. singing in the choir, you're getting good grades and if I was to ask like 16 year old Linda, mm-hmm. what's your future hold? What do you want to, what do you want to be? Well, I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I know, I knew I wanted to go to college mm-hmm. and my dad said the only school I could go to was the university of Oklahoma <laughs> because it was his favorite football. Mm-hmm. And I'd been going with him pretty much till I was, um, Till I was, I think I was about 10 when he started taking me to football games with him. Mom didn't oh, want to go. Oh, man, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Like in Norman? Yes. You're oh, yeah. in Norman, in the stadium. You're 10 years old, yeah. red everywhere. Yes. Do they have, I mean, is is the, what do you call it, the thing coming out on the field and mm-hmm. the yeah. covered wagon? and Yes, all of that. Yeah, right. All of that. So when... I got ready to figure out where I wanted to go to college. 
I only I I said I think I want to teach. Hmm. Uh, at least I want to learn how to do that. Okay. So I went with an education idea in mind. And um, when I got over there, though, I got to thinking, you know, maybe I, I don't know what I really want to do. So I probably better do something that I can use somewhere else mm-hmm. if I don't like uh, education. Yep. So uh, I um, got a business degree and an education degree. So I got a double major so that when I graduated, I, but shall I go on with the story at OU at this point? Sure. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking about you playing basketball and double majoring in business and education and you're an impressive woman. I, I, um... I pledged a sorority nice. because I didn't like living in the dorms. Okay. The dorms were not yep. good. So um, I pledged a sorority, and they had a music, a big, we did music competition, so we had big choruses and stuff. So there was my music mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I discovered that in business, you have to take a lot of math, mm. and I was not good in math. Mm. So I had a friend from home, one of my, a guy friend from home, and uh, I said, do you know anything about math? And he <laughs> said, no, but I have a friend that's got a de- getting a degree in math, one of his, his uh, fraternity brothers. Uh-huh. And I said, well, okay. And he said, come on over. I'm gonna, we're gonna, when they were coming out of math, he said, you come on over and I'll introduce you. Uh-huh. There was Ron I have a, Sheffield. I have a guess what his name was, yeah. <laughs> Ron Sheffield. And I looked at him and I thought, oh, jeez, no, I don't know. You know. And, it's an uh, awful lot of handsome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he said, uh, he said, well, let's go talk about it. Let's go see. Uh-huh. Well, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you found in Ron somebody who shared your faith. Yeah. And shared your love for all things OU. Yep. And uh, and sports. Ron's also sports, an excellent yes. athlete. Yeah, and we sit and watch ball game, football games, and basketball games in our house all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about this when we interview Ron. But um, you know, every time there's an Oklahoma game on and it's not going well, my kids are worried about Ron's hat. Oh yeah, because <laughs> the hat takes some abuse when, when OU's behind. Miguel, Miguel is so funny. He'll come over and he'll say. Mr. Ron, did you have to throw your hat yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes it did, yeah. So you keep mentioning music. Do you have, uh, did you grow up in a musical family? Oh, yes. Yeah. My mother played the piano by ear. Mm -hmm. She taught all of us. I had two sisters, um, and one of my sisters was uh, not so interested in music, but the other one could play just like my mother. Hmm. Anything they ever heard, mm-hmm. they could play. Wow. But my sister that – I had to play by note, mm-hmm. and I wasn't ever very good with that. I was mm-hmm. the athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister Jenny, she didn't want to learn to play by note because she liked it the way she heard it. Yeah, she could just play. She just played it. Yeah. 
um, but mom kept trying to get her to mm. play, so she made her read music, but I don't think she still does mm. anymore. I yeah, think why, why it's not much fun to Mm-mm. look at notes if you can just play. But families, our family was all musical. Uh, when we'd get together for Christmas or Thanksgiving mm. or whatever, um, everybody bring their guitars and mm. we'd sing. And mm. it was... Was there a piano in the house? Yes, mm. always. Always. Yes. Okay. And did your mom just play like in the afternoon or yeah. she would just sit down and play a little? Any time anybody wanted her to play, she would play. That sounds like so much more fun than television or video games. You know what I mean? Yeah. To just have music kind of coming through the... Yeah, and the younger kids, when the, when a new one would come in, mm. then we'd do things like get a pan and spoons yeah. and they could yeah. be yeah. the drummers. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's always... Bu- music, music was is just always... flowing in the house. Yep. And that's a that's a neat connector yeah. for a family, like something you can really share with your parents. Right. That it, it that it's almost like smells or something where it can bring you back to a better, easier time in life. Or yeah, my my dad couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Is that right? No, he couldn't. But he loved to listen to the family. Uh-huh. So so he would be over with the little kids teaching them how to drum <laughs> on the buckets uh-huh. and things like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know your mom. Um, I mean, I met her when she was a hundred. Mm-hmm. I think I met her right mm-hmm. around her one hundredth birthday. Yes, you did. And what a character! Oh, and yeah. what a like charmer. Even is that is that the right way to say that? Like she oh, had yeah. a bunch of character. There's always like a wink in her eye. Yep. Um, obviously highly intelligent. Obviously kind of self aware in a way that like wasn't there was no like fear or shame she's kind of enjoyed being wherever she was but she would sit in the back of the church or the middle of the church and uh, let's see what was it um uh, she had one song that has been changed to a different uh, okay they modernized him or something yeah yeah and she would i forget which one it was uh but she would say, that is not the way that song is supposed to be sung. I mean, oh, she would just get, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> sit back there. But music was always her thing. She was the first, <laughs> this is another story about that small town in Oklahoma. She's the yeah. first child in that whole city that ever went to Weatherford, uh, where is where there's a college. Really? Yep. And she went one year, and then the, uh, what was it? Uh, I, oh, it's when the crash came. Oh, all of oh. the stock crash. And my, my grandfather lost uh, everything. Yeah. And he had opened up a car dealership, mm. an old car dealership. And he lost all of mm. that. So she didn't get to finish mm. college. So she was determined mm. that all three of us girls, mm-hmm. and we did. All of mm-hmm. us finished college. And all college. of you did. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that a great was... story. I mean, that is like a very American story, yeah. right? Land yeah. rush, build a life for yourself, Great Depression. Right. Uh, have to pick yourself up by whatever bootstraps are available. Absolutely. And make sure I'm going to sacrifice whatever I have to sacrifice so my girls can get an education. And yep. that's, that's such a, it's really a beautiful story of like a lot of 
love for family. Well, that's what surprised me when I found out he owned the cemetery. Yeah. Because he didn't lose that in the... In, Nobody in, No, yeah. no. But it, that was yeah. family papers that were hidden away, I guess. Yeah. Before we move on from your stories about your mom, you know, the, the two things that I think about when I think about your mom are, first of all, the first Sunday I was here. Mm-hmm. Remember, I preached a sermon, and then... As I was greeting everybody after, you uh, you told your mom, well, tell the pastor how he did. And she misunderstood a little bit. And she goes, how'd he do? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'll remember that my whole life. Because it was. It was like this sweet little genuine. Like, yeah. it was beautiful. The other the other story, and I don't, you know, if, if you don't want to tell this story, then you, you don't have to. But um the day your mom passed away oh, yeah. was such a special, like, I just can't imagine the uh, a more perfect uh, end to a wonderful life. She, uh, the, the people, she was at the Del Monte in Pacific Grove, and she was, we knew, fading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said to the ladies over there, call me immediately if she stops eating. Yeah. Um, and so they called, and we rushed over there. And uh, I took hold of her hand, and I put the music on, <laughs> and she it was it was playing all of the songs mm. that she liked. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was holding her hand, and I said, "Oh, one of the VNA nurses was there," mm-hmm. and she said, "I just want you to know." that their hearing is the last thing to go mm. so she can hear you. Mm. So I was just holding her hand, and we were kind of singing. I was singing together mm-hmm. a little bit with her. And I whispered in her ear, and I said, Mom, I could not have asked mm. for a better mom. And she looked up at me, and she smiled, and she squeezed my hand, and she closed her eyes. And, and she, she passed away. I mean, you know, I've heard that story. I heard it that day. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it several times since. But I've reflected on it. Like, what a testament to her and what a testament to you. Like, what a wonderful thing to be the last thing you hear is, Mom, I couldn't have asked for a, a better mom. Like, I think that's every parent's dream. Yeah. That you're going to have a relationship with your kids that endures. And I just... You know, I I wasn't sure that she was even hearing anything. Mm -hmm. But I'll never forget her smile. Mm. She squeezed my hand. And I thought, you know, God's got a place for her, and there she is. She's there with my other sister. Yeah. And she's there with my dad. Well, now we're talking a little bit about faith. Mm -hmm. You, uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. there is hope in you oh, that sure. wouldn't be without i mean as oh, again yeah. as we re- as we record this we're two days away from good friday and oh, yeah. four days away from easter sunday um is there a story of faith in your family like is, did you grow up in church do you remember that as a child oh, yeah. were your parents well, the first the first i ever remember i was five years old i was in canton my grandfather was up in the choir and he was singing, How Great Thou Art. Mm. And I will never forget that. I can mm. still almost hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was 
don't now he was very definite the only thing he has a problem with me <laughs> when we came here was your grandfather my grandfather okay. then yes uh it was a methodist church and this is a baptist church you know <laughs> yeah. and and anytime we 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 moved 22 times so we were we would either do a methodist church or a baptist church whatever was the best for our kids sure so but one time we were we were with uh, my grandfather, and he said, "Now you you do go to the Methodist Church, don't you?" <laughs> and I said, "Gramp, I go to the best church that we can find for our kids. Some churches are better than others because we have uh, we had uh, you know an older one, one that's three years younger, and one that's four years younger than that. Yeah. So we wanted you know place where your kids can be place fed. where yep. kids." So, um, well, okay, as long as you're going to church, he's, he's, he's okay. And all my grandmother would say, now, George, leave her alone. Now, George, you know. You know but my mom and dad yeah. were very open. Yeah. They just were very happy that we were taking our kids to church. Yeah. But when I was growing up, we, we bought a house. They bought a house, and we were right across the street from the Methodist church. So we were over there all the time. That and and actually, I sang in the choir there too. Yeah, I just remembered that, and my mom did. And so, you know, it's just church. I, I mean, when we moved, every move we made, every twenty-two <laughs> moves we made, the first thing we did was find a church. Find a church, and you know, I I mean. Like this church has deep Southern Baptist roots and we're all proud of that mm -hmm. and grateful for it. But I do think that you guys have really like you guys are about Jesus. The Sheffields mm -hmm. are about Jesus and service. Right. And I really appreciate that about you, that there's not a there's a not just inclusive, but a really like, hey, we we just want to love the Lord yeah. and serve him and do it with people of all kinds of. And of, I, uh, I think and, that's because the way he grew up as well, he'll tell you his yeah. stories. But um, but it's it's all the same. We were all, you know, Oklahoma value kind of thing. Uh, but but there was there was no no question that we weren't going to find a church yeah. for us. And then when we had our kids, especially for our kids, because they had to move so many times mm -hmm. and um, and they they were pretty when they came to this church shall i tell this church story is this a, a good time well you to can tell, tell whatever story you want church? just as long as at some point you circle back around and tell me how you came to faith okay i had let me think when we were got anyway we were coming here it was our last duty station uh ron's gonna retire after this assignment mm -hmm. and uh and then so we 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 came in and we were trying to find a church and one of the guys we were just looking you know it's california it's on the beach the kids loved it until the fourth of july we got here they ran out into the water it was freezing cold yeah. they ran <laughs> right foggy. back and they <laughs> said but we were looking for a church, and a, and a man that was working in Ron's office uh -huh. said, try Lighthouse, try First Southern Baptist Church. First Baptist in, Church of Seaside, comma, Southern. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and 
and it's right near the Oldermeyer Center and right next to a swim area thing. Uh-huh. And uh, so we said, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll try. So Ron says, hmm, okay. So we got up, we came into the church, and the people just, it, it's just like the door opened and people just started coming out and shaking hands and saying, how are you, welcome, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to talking to them all, just so happened, three out of the four were from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. So I said, oh, thank you, Lord, we're back home. <laughs> you know, and, and it was just when, and then we found the story about who founded it uh-huh. and that it was, we felt, we felt this is where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And we knew this was going to be probably a permanent place, and we were so happy. And I don't know if you knew this, but... They had a kid's uh, praise band. They oh. had guitars yeah, and man. all kinds of stuff. And so our oldest son, he was 11. Let's see if that's right. No, he was 14. Um, and, oh, he just said, okay, this is it. And so he goes over because he has inherited mm, the play-by-ear music, yeah. only plays with guitars and stuff. Mm. And uh, so, which son is that? Is that Ron? Uh, that's Ron. Mm-hmm. Ron, the one that's a teacher down in LA, mm-hmm. I mean, Riverside. Riverside, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, Sharon, she was happy. She was in middle school. She found all kinds of girls to talk to. And then there was our little one. <laughs> he was he was four, and he just kind of looked around. He didn't Spot care where yeah, he yeah. you know. go. Toys to play so, with. So, <laughs> so everybody was happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how we've been since 1978. We've been members of this church. Well, you guys certainly have taken that tradition. Like now, we are a very welcoming. That's what. Yeah. That's what people say about us, right? Yeah. Is that we are a very welcoming, loving church, and that's largely. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not only you guys, but you yeah. guys oh, really yeah. lead that charge. Like that's been something that you've taken seriously, and and you guys are very welcoming people. Well, and, and at that point, it was a, a half, about half military. Uh-huh. So the military people coming, coming in and, and out and yep. coming in and out. And they were always worried that, you know, oh, geez, you know, we're going to, you know, and it's, it's like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can come in and worship with us for a year. Yep. That's good. Yeah. And then you'll be our missionaries, and we'll keep That's in right. track with you all over and that kind of thing. And you do a good job of keeping track of it. And uh, Susan Jones does better than we do. Uh-huh. She has, she knows every, uh-huh. uh, she does a very good job yeah. of doing that. What a gift. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, so we have been very happy and one thing that's very happy is Dan Coker's kids are back yeah. in the church. Yeah. So Dan was a was a pastor for quite some time in our church, and when he left, now his his son and mm-hmm. his family are back here. I that love fun? that. Yeah. yeah, that probably is something you have more. I've noticed. Like I have pastor friends in the Midwest mm-hmm. who, you know, have. Well, there's four generations of this family at my church, right. kind of thing, and we don't have very much of that. Not only because we uh, have a lot of military population, but it's expensive to live here. There's not yeah. very many families that have been here for that yeah. many generations, and especially yeah. not very many, you know, Christian families, especially not at our church. Like we don't, yeah. we don't have a whole lot of. In fact, we don't have any like three or four generations, like you say. I think yeah. the Malorns are 
our yeah, second generation, and that's that's, that's about but her it. kids so, are down in L.A. and right, our kids are all it. out of here. They're that's not. They don't thing. live it's here. It's the it's the biggest bummer uh, mm-hmm. it, about being you know as a youth pastor on mm-hmm. the peninsula for so long, and yeah, it's really hard to keep kids because yeah. there's there are just more options other places yeah. for young people. That's well, why I was so happy that Billy and his family. Yeah, came. that's great. That's yeah. great. We need more of that. Um, so maybe that's a good transition to talk about your career. Okay. Um, you, it really is like, I, I, I'm, you're such an impressive person and have had such a, like, you know, not only successful as a military spouse, which is not the easiest thing to do and successful as a mom and a, and a wife, but really successful as a career woman too. And, um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe you can just give us the, the thumbnail sketch of, of what business you built, and then maybe tell us just a little bit of the story of how you got there. Well, I uh, when we got here, uh, I wanted to, first time I've had a chance to use my degree because we moved too many times okay. and we had these kids. But I had a chance to get a job at Robert Louis Stevenson School doing ad- admin and counseling. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, I found out that the kids, three kids, are going to get free tuition at a very good private school. Yeah. So I said to Ron, if you get sent from somewhere else here, the kids and I are going to stay here because <laughs> I get to use it and they're having this. So we decided that's what we were going to do. So for 12 years, as the kids were going through, I was the counselor and, and did some admin work too. And I, I got to learning about, oh, how kids could, could find colleges and mm-hmm. could, could find careers. And yet there was just one little office, and even at a private school like that, it was hard to help So when you kids. say counselor, it, was not, it wasn't school psychologist. It was like academic Yeah, it's advising. academic stuff. Okay. If they were having trouble, and teachers would say, you know, this, okay. this kid, yeah, you know, that yep. kind of yep. thing. So... When our last kid graduated, I had come up with my own ideas about how we should have been doing it. Of course, they didn't let me tell <laughs> my way. Yeah. So uh, my friend Amelia, Frankie, uh-huh. and I were having lunch one day. She was at a school out in Carmel Valley, and she and I sat down. She, she says, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay at Stevenson? And I said, no, I'm going to open my own business, I think. And she said, really, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to be an independent counselor. They have cut out all of the counselors because of, of uh, pay mm. and money. Mm. So the public school kids mm. are not getting any help mm-hmm. on how to find careers and how to find colleges and that kind of stuff. And I said, that's what I want to do. She says, I want to help you. <laughs> Let's have it in my, her Kids had all left, and she had this whole nice area downstairs. Mm-hmm. So that's where we opened College Bound. College Bound is what it's called. College and Bound, and it's still in business. I sold. I was there. I opened it up. Uh-huh. Amelia and I did. We had it for 20 years. Hmm. And then I sold it when Ron retired from Hubble. Mm-hmm. I uh, decided that I didn't want to be tied down with all of those. Yeah. And so... Over 20 years, we worked with 2,000 students. 2,000 students. With the, she, Amelia and I both. Yeah. And we had kids coming in and going out. And uh, when I retired, my son sent 
emails out uh-huh. well, my secretary had given him all the emails and so all these kids started sending their stuff back mm. and one of them sent sent me a card and he said oh no he sent a card and he said this lady saved my life huh. my parents wanted me to be a doctor uh-huh. And I couldn't pass uh-huh. the courses. Uh-huh. Now I, I had I told him to do art. He had a wonderful art career. Uh-huh. I said, go get a business degree and an art degree and see what you can do with it. Mm. And that's what he did. And he's got a huge business down in L.A. Now, <laughs> he's he designs stuff for the movies and TV and all kinds of stuff like that. Mm. So when I hear and that when I boy's put, name is Steven Spielberg. No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I better not tell his yeah, name. Probably he might not, not want yeah. me to do that. But but anyway, <laughs> when you hear stories like that, you know, okay, God gave me some kind of idea because I certainly didn't hear it when I was a kid. Well, and you know the the proverb, train a child in the way they should go, and they yeah. won't return from it when they're old and i that's totally what you had a heart for is like hey what is how is this kid designed yeah not not what does the world say or not what do his parents say but like what is what is this kid's uh gift what are his strengths and we've seen that in our family and mm-hmm. some of the advice that you've you know it's her story to tell not mine but some of the advice she gave to my oldest that really bore itself out very quickly when she got to school and and was great advice and it's just something that you I mean, it's probably a combination. Well, I'd love to yeah. hear you talk about this. Probably a combination of just natural ability that you have, but also just paying attention to kids for years and years. The first thing I ever asked a kid that came in the door was, what are you doing when you're having fun? Mm. Why? Mm. And I said, do you want to get up every morning and say, oh, boy, I have to go to school. I have to go to work. Or are you going to get up in the morning and say, I get to go to work today? Mm-hmm. Said, what do you do when you're having fun? Or this, this kid was an artist, mm-hmm. but his parents wanted him to be a doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be a doctor. He yeah. didn't like science. Yeah, yeah. which is so, hard to be a doctor. So that's what I, and, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of the other people that I have worked with um, are very good, like, especially good with children mm-hmm. or especially good with people mm-hmm. you know and you don't they they have to realize that that's what you do when you have a career well you know what i love about it too is your advice is go get a business degree and an art degree not like oh go and sit on top of a mountain and paint because mm-hmm. it makes you happy but like figure out a way like you are going to have to still make a living in the world like so figure out a way to turn it into <laughs> something that benefits your family the funny thing i did on that story i don't know how much time we have but what this kid came into my office and his mother said she can't do anything with him so she <laughs> left and and so i found out that art was what he was really good at he brought a portfolio that was amazing hmm. and so i said I, he says dad says i have to be a doctor and i said no but that's what he wants you to be but look at this Here's what you do. You you come you come out, you go to MPC and you take every single art class or anything creative like that that they'll let you take mm-hmm. in a semester. And he said, "Oh, my folks won't like that." And I said, "They promised 
that that if they came to me, mm-hmm. if you if you came to me, that I could tell you something and you could you could follow it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first month, at the end of the first month, his mother called and she said, "What have you done to my son?" And I thought, "Uh oh, here's how it is. I'm in trouble." <laughs> she said, "He has never been so happy." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I said, "Because he's doing what God yeah, let, gave him right. to do." That's right. It's is his gift, and if you'll let him, I said, "Now here's what I told him." You go up to the University of San Francisco, you get a business degree, yeah. and every day you ride the bus across to their art depart- art, <laughs> art yeah. thing they had, yeah. and you take your art classes. And I never heard any more from him after huh. that until this that letter, letter. Hmm. said, you saved my life. I love that, Linda, it, because it really is like honoring how the kids crafted and also honoring that we're in this world and have to make a life for ourselves in this world. And, yes. and that, hey, you know what I even like about that is, and Pat and I talk about this sometimes, in every career, there's like stuff you want to do. And then there's stuff that you have to do to get to the things you want to do. Right. And to, to have a plan that says, hey, okay, I want to be an artist. I probably can't just drop out of society and paint and still pay the rent. But I, if I can grow the business limb and make a way for myself to function as a working artist, I can make that happen. That's what dad was worried about. Mm. He was worried about that. That's why I told the kid, get a business degree. Dad's going to love that. Yeah. Dad, dads <laughs> yeah. do like, dads are And then worried. I, I feel you're that. still going to do right your now. art. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yes. I, you know, I, that's, that's something that as a dad of one college student and three coming over the next decade or so, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want them to be happy and be creative. And I also want them to be able to pay the rent and function in the world. When I stopped doing and sold my business, I still have people. They call me, you know, your sister or my sister had your kid, you know, and so they're still calling mm-hmm. me. So I'm still, I'm, I'm not charging anything. I just yeah. do it because I, advice. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's fun. It, it kind of keeps me going saying, okay, there's still, there's still a little stuff that I can do. One of my favorite parts of that story is if you don't mind me asking, how old are you when you started this business? 50. 50. That is brave. That That's not how most people handle their 50s is starting a new business. And really, like, I'm sure you had to do all the things that are the grind of a small business mm-hmm. that some people do in their 20s or 30s right. and starting in 50. Uh, and so Ron was... was he was in San Jose a lot or yeah. wherever he was. Yeah. So you had long days. He was in on the... Hubble Telescope Project. He was doing that. I I said I my kids are all you know in school. Yeah. And I said I want I want to do this because I know that there's a better way to do it than what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And there's no counselors in the school system in local Mm. because all my neighbors are bringing kids. Mm. So uh, I felt like fifty. Heck, you know I'm. I'm I'm still not going to sit at home and, no and knit or anything. I <laughs> yeah. just am not that way. That's right. So. Uh, and the basketball career hadn't panned out. No. So. 
no, no, they didn't like short people. Is that, I don't know. That's not fair. <laughs> but uh, but it was so much fun. Yeah. And you it, have a sparkle every time you talk about yeah, not I just loved the it. career but the students. Like you always have a story about like kids that you helped and yeah. and you just and uh, uh, that's how you're crafted. Well, heck, I'm getting free. Um, um, oh, oh shoot, uh, at the chiropractor because his grandson <laughs> needed help, uh-huh. and so I'm not charging anything. So I'm helping grandson, and I get free chiropractor. <laughs> hey, that's pretty. That's pretty valuable still. <laughs> you know, so it it's it's fun because it's something that I can do. Like yeah. if your kids have a you question, you have been very helpful for my you kids. You know, yeah. and uh, they, I, I'm not, I'm not um, requiring them to do anything. I'm just making suggestions. You know, here's what you and like can you try. have a, a, an observant eye. You uh, know what I mean? You know yeah. what you're looking at. Yeah. And not everybody does. And even as a parent, sometimes it's hard to know what you're looking at because there is so much. Like you got to worry about. You're worried about your kid and you're worried about paying for stuff and you're worried about all the fears that you had at that age. And it's, you know, you're so close to it. It's hard to it's hard to know what the right thing is. So you have a like you can see a situation and know what's going on with our own daughter. When she was 12 years old, I knew what she was going to do because she would come into the the nursery Mm -hmm. and I would be helping kids in the nursery and they were going all over the place and Sharon would walk in. Mm like Isabel, mm-hmm. walk in, and they'd say, she'd say, hey, sit. And these little <laughs> three-year-olds would go, doink, 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 doink. <laughs> and I was in there going, hey, come on, How do you kid. do that? Yeah. <laughs> and she has good. been a preschool teacher yeah. huh. for a long time now. That's awesome. And loved every bit of, That's every awesome. minute of it. Right on. Well, hey, can we circle back to how you came to faith? Because growing up in a Christian family is a wonderful head start. But it's not a guarantee that you're going to love the Lord yourself. I think truly, if I were to, I mean, you know, you're going in and you're saying all these things when Mm -hmm. mom and dad are there. But I think truly when Ron went to Vietnam and I was holding a six-month-old baby Mm. uh, back in Oklahoma, in Midwest City, my uncle was not too far away. I was just sitting one night, rocking my baby, thinking, Mm. God, I know you're there, Mm. and I know you're going to be here to help me raise this baby if I have to by myself. Yeah. But Mm, also, also look out for my wonderful man. You know, those are stories that Ron tells a lot, Um, but I haven't heard really Mm-hmm. you talk about mm-hmm. the and you don't have to if you don't mm-hmm. want to but um but you there's some courage there and some i'm sure fear oh and and at that time that vietnam era uh there was no phone calls there was no uh, emails there was no anything except yeah. letters so so and, ron was three tour three tours Right. From like 65 to 69, something like that. Yeah, 71. 70, 71. Yeah, over 71. Uh, but uh, each time yeah. he would go back, I'd have a baby. Yeah. So I had three kids on his last tour. Mm. But the first one was the hardest mm. because I, uh, 
all it was such well it was kind of a shock actually we we didn't really expect him to have to go when when ronnie was six months old hmm. and my uncle said uh, he's a bachelor. He said, I have an apartment here. Why don't you get an apartment mm-hmm. near where I am so that I can be there if you need me? Um, but I I didn't think, I mean, I knew that I could take care of this baby, and I knew that I had to mm. because Ron was depending on me. Mm. I couldn't just mm-hmm. fall apart. How old were you? Are you I just was, after college? Yes. I was 24, mm-hmm. 25 maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, and here was a baby. Here he was in Vietnam flying helicopters, didn't know from, I mean, we'd, I'd get a letter and, not a, and then I'd get a stack of them the next week, but I didn't know, you know, a week later, y- any it, kind of things could have how happened. How long did it take letters to get there? Oh, like a week or yeah. two weeks. And so or... in the middle, are you seeing like newsreels and oh, you're yeah. hearing stats and you're wondering if one of the helicopters that went down was Ron? And... Yes. Yes, and his mother was too. Is there a, oh gosh, is there a, um, uh, so we read in the scriptures about a peace that surpasses understanding. Yeah. Did, did you experience that? Is it constant fear? Is it constantly the wrestling between those two? No, I think I think that's when that one night mm. um, I, I, I think it was when I said, uh, Lord, this this baby needs his father. Mm. but I will be here if you will be here with me. Mm. I will be here mm. for to raise this child. Yeah. But oh, <laughs> so I would say please don't leave me. But you ha- you had to look that in the face, like it, mm-hmm. it. You had to say, it's a very real possibility that I'm oh, a yeah. single mother. Yeah. And you have a college degree, but you it is the yeah. 40s. Yes. And things are a little different in the 40s than they are now. Yep. And um. And I'd hear the airplanes flying. Tinker Air Force Base was right across the street almost, and you'd hear the planes coming oh, it's the, in. It's not the 40s. What am I talking about? It's Vietnam. You it's know, the, it's uh, 60s. the mid-60s. It's 60s. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And um, so I think that was where I really heard God saying, mm. don't worry. Mm. Mm. And I said, okay. Hmm. Were you in Oklahoma for all three tours? Mm-hmm. We did because I went to Midwest City where my roots were, really. Mm-hmm. My friends were there. They had kids and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And my in-laws, Ron's parents, lived uh, an hour and a half away south, and my mom and dad lived an hour and a half north, mm-hmm. and we were right in the middle. When my dad was a salesman, he would come Mm. You know, mm-hmm. come through, n- sit and rock the baby and just talk. And and then part of that, too, is you really found purpose in helping military wives. That was the uh, third tour. Okay. That was after, actually, that was after Ron came in, for, came back from the last tour. We were at Fort Bragg. There was this lady 
had come in to the uh, laundry, and she was hysterical. Hmm. She was crying and crying and crying, and hmm. she was pregnant, hmm. and she was. And I, I said, "What can, what has happened?" And she said, "My husband has has is got orders. He can't come home. I don't uh, know what I'm supposed to do. They had closed down the fort because there was that." mix up in the middle east somewhere mm-hmm. and ron has been in and he he had already called and said bring my ex ex uniforms because we may have to go mm-hmm. so i brought them in that's what i was doing and then what i found out from her is she didn't know what unity was in she didn't have an id card she didn't have any kind of information mm-hmm. so i just took her home with me and I called Ron and I said here's what he's doing find out who who his unit is so she can know she I said she's gonna have a baby she can't even get into the hospital (sighs) oh it's just furious so I sat right down that night Ron and I sat right down and made information sheets for every one I said they don't have these PFCs and their their wives don't have anything. They don't have any information. These wives to, can contact. No, so we drew one up and and made and that available to everybody. And I'm sure there was a lot of like just it's not just handing them flyers, but you're holding a lot of hands as oh, young yeah. women are. Oh yeah, going through what you had been through. They have a baby, or they're about to have a baby, and their husband's away, and. There's so many things that just like parenting is a two-player sport. Like I can't imagine. Well, I I just, you know, I just say when you come in, the first thing you do is you tell your husband you want an ID card. You want to, yeah. you know, these are the things yeah. you have to have. Have to have. You don't know yeah. you need it right now, mm. but there might be a time two weeks from oh. now that you have to have it. Yeah, and if they're gone and and they it's a blackout boy i mean you can't yeah. do anything yeah. without an id card and then if they go overseas it's even worse well and you know we have we've had submariners come through church we in fact we have a family that's a submariner family uh, now and those guys they disappear you that's know? A, that's even worse yeah there there's yeah. no there are no letters home it's Mm-mm. just sporadically i think you get an email but you never know when and but when when we finally finished what we had put together and Ron took it to his boss and well, boss took the credit but that's okay uh, all I all I wanted was that that was what they needed to do and now it's given out all over the yeah it has now. been it has been like developed and yeah and embellished and added on right. but really the core of what is helping lots and lots of military spouses I think it started when we were started there. Started when you were right the, there. Yeah, at Fort Bragg. And it started just with your heart breaking for uh, a woman who's I just, sitting there a little bit lost. Oh, I was not only feeling sorry for her, I was so dadgum mad yeah. that they would do that and that he would do that. He knew mm. he couldn't leave his pregnant wife. Mm. Just but he's there. a, you know, he's a 25-year-old guy too. Like it's life is difficult at all but man their lives have probably changed so much in the last couple of years and mom and dad aren't around and it, it you uh, need you need and I, th- I still see you guys do this like um because we have military mm-hmm. folks here at church and 
even though they're very successful and very capable and wonderful people, we all need family. Yeah. And you're far away from family. That's and so what's you, her problem. Yeah, yeah, you need like you need a crazy uncle to call when you get a flat tire and you need somebody to sit with you in the hospital and you need, you know, you need some family. And you guys have really like just become family to I don't even know how many military <laughs> yeah. families that have been through here. Yeah. A lot. But you know, that's because we knew. Yeah. We've been through it and yeah. it's not easy, especially for wives when their husbands have to go immediately. Yeah. Right. There's not a lot of warning. You mm-hmm. know, it's a possibility, but yeah. then it happens. And yeah. So just it, just other stories from those three tours. Like, what did life look like? I, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. I would just love to know. What did life look like for you when Ron was away? Were you, were you working? Are the kids in daycare? Are you home with the kids? How's I the... didn't. I didn't leave my kids. Because they were not even to grade school. No. They were oh, – when – when Ron went the first time, Ronnie was just six months old. When he left the second time, Sharon, he was uh, four. And Sharon was just uh, three months old. She was born in Germany. Oh, we had to come back from Germany and get situated. He did get us situated and then left. Mm-hmm. And she developed asthma. Mm-hmm. And she was wheezing and couldn't sleep. And I'm thinking, okay, now I have two, God. Here uh, we go. Yeah. Well, good Lord. I totally believe it was the good Lord. My dad was a, a traveling salesman. And his boss needed him to come to Oklahoma change the thing. So he went to Oklahoma City and then back where Mom and Dad were living. And so Dad said, I'll come and sit with her. She can she can sleep on my shoulder, and we will huh. sleep in the recliner chair. Huh. And so my dad would come and pat her. She yeah. could and she could breathe then <clears throat> until it was about it must have been six months. That, and that was the only way you were getting any sleep. Yeah, I couldn't get any sleep, and I had this four year old. Yeah. Which are, they're not great sleepers either. Mm-hmm. Like a four-year-old is still a twenty-four hour. Well, no, adventure. and then I had I found a problem with my older son because I was watching the TV, you know, see what was going on, and he says, "Mommy, why do all those bad guys kill all those people, and my uh, daddy has to leave?" Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So explaining. <laughs> no more TV. Yeah. You, you, and it try was to difficult explain. to explain geopolitical movements yeah. to yes. your four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he just happens to be our smart one, so he was picking up on everything yeah. and yeah. drawing pictures yeah. of battles and. Yeah. Uh, so you're really, I mean, you're shepherding his little heart. Yes. At, at, while at the same time you're dealing with the same stuff. Yeah. You're you're on your knees going, God, why? does Ron have to go and not be here or I mean I don't want to put words in your mouth yeah, but, but you're it. trying to figure out the situation in your own heart and so he comes back safe mm-hmm. and I'm thanking God for that and thinking okay that's two mm-hmm. you know and so then we we were together and then he got um, we had another little, a little boy in, when he was in Texas, Mineral mm-hmm. Wells, Texas, and 
it was okay. It was a nice time. There was family time, and we could do all kinds uh. of things together, and he gets orders to go for a third time. Huh. So this time I said, I think I want to go to closer to one of the families. Yeah. I think three kids, three kids by is yourself enough. Is, yeah. yeah. So we went to um, where uh, Ron's um, – Mom and dad were in Lawton, Oklahoma, and there was a military base there. So mom and dad, Sheffield, were there, and um, there was a hospital and all kinds of stuff. So I had family really mm-hmm. close. So it was it was great. Family and good resources. Well, it is great, and God, God's big plan again. Um, his family and his father just love taking the kids around and playing mm. with the kids and all that kind of stuff so ron got back safe we moved to fort bragg and ron's dad passed away oh. about oh two months wow had a heart attack and died and i was so glad huh. that he had that year yeah with those special kids. memories for everybody yeah yeah for the kids and for you and for yeah dad. so um so Oh, yeah. I mean, I have all kinds of sympathy for women who are taking care of kids and their husbands or somewhere because there's a strength that is pretty impressive. Oh, if you don't have if you don't have a God God faith, I I don't know how I would have gotten through all of that. Mm -hmm. And his parents were very strong Christians as Mm -hmm. well. And uh, so that helped, too. We went to his home church while mm. we were there mm. and so it's and then 22 moves 22 moves oh yeah those are just between you know. 22 moves between when do you start counting when you start I counting started, after college after college the first assignment i started counting and 22 <laughs> moves later 22 moves get you to oak hills yeah yeah <laughs> i like it it was so funny though when we came when we came to this one, and he was, it was 20 years, I said, this is it. We're done. This is it. I want to, I want to get my career going. I want yeah. the kids to have good, and it's pretty, and it's it's a nice place to be. And and he's, he said, well, the military did say I could take an assignment in Maine, and I went, yeah. <laughs> okay. You can go to Maine. I'm going to take the kids here. We're going to stay. You can come visit anytime Whenever you want. Whenever you want, yes. big man. <laughs> so, I mean, 22 moves sounds like a bunch, but I'm trying to do math in my head. And if you start your career at 50, you were at Stevenson for 12 years. That's like between 22 and 38, you moved 22 times. Yes. Before we came here, this was the 22nd move. So that's 22 times in... Like 12, what, how many years is that? We need Ron for the math. 14 years. 14, something like that. Yeah. Well, because, you know, we'd move and then, and then sometimes, sometimes we'd move from this to this. Well, and I just heard you say we were in Germany, had to come back to Oklahoma. Then we're in Texas and have to come back to Oklahoma. So when he, when he goes to Vietnam, we're not talking about a three month tour. We're talking about a year. Yeah. And so then you have to pack everything up and. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh! Did you just ever feel like just like packing it all up and just leaving it? <laughs> like, 
you know <laughs> moving is the worst <laughs> i i i actually did until i realized i know how to do this yeah. i really know how to that do would have this. been the other career move would to start the like moving company you well, are such an expert i, I learned right. i learned the first time though uh-huh. see the first move we made we were we ron and i were um at uh fort benning and we were moving to the first assignment, his flight school. This is before kids. Yep. And uh, so somebody had told me, don't do anything with the paperwork and your travel, everything. Don't let the packers who are coming in, because mm-hmm. the military moved us. Sure. So I was so smart. I put it in a little binder. I put it in the bathroom. And I locked, I shut the door, and I said, don't take anything in the bathroom. Okay, ma'am, okay. So they packed up all our stuff, put it in, the backed in, you know, all those boxes they tape them in and put them, took them out to Fort Benning. Ron says, where are my orders? And I said, oh, they're in the binder in the bathroom. No binder. (laughs) They took everything out of the bathroom. Oh, jeez. He said, Okay, so he <laughs> called, so he gets in the car, drive, drives out there, looking through the boxes. Oh, <laughs> so we learned. Uh-huh. You got that, better at it. Oh, yeah. It's going around my, <laughs> my backpack. <laughs> Put it in a backpack. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, when you're just two together, you're learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had to learn so many things, like even just like being married for the first five years is no joke. That's yeah, and hard a, to do and all, husband, all by itself. You know, my husband, he invites anybody to do anything. <laughs> we, we got there and we got married in September. Uh-huh. And and off we went. And in November, we were talking about Thanksgiving. And I thought, Thanksgiving, hmm. Mm. Mom and Grandma always took cooked the turkeys and fixed everything for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, right? So I said, oh, well, maybe we'll just go out and eat. Well, we were making 222.30 a month, and our <laughs> rent was 100. So we didn't go out <laughs> very much. <laughs> so he comes in and he says, I hope it's okay, but these four guys were there, and they weren't going to get a Thanksgiving dinner. And so I invited them over. Yeah. That's the big husband move. That's my big move, too, is I write checks, Tiff has to cash. Yes. And I feel bad about it, but I still, I, so, I do it less, but I still do it. So I went, ah! Yeah. I said, Ron, Grandma and Mom did yeah. the Thanksgiving dinner. I haven't a clue. So I picked up the phone uh-huh. and I had a pencil and paper, and I said, Mom, uh-huh. what do I do? I've got to fix Thanksgiving dinner for four guys plus Ron and me. Mm-hmm. Okay, hon, get up, get the piece of paper. Yeah, so yeah. I'm writing, do this, do this, do this, do this. Don't forget to take the turkey out so it'll thaw. You know, all <laughs> yeah, this kind all of stuff. So then I think, okay, I got this. I go into the kitchen, and it's like this big. Yeah. You know. And so here's the refrigerator. Here's the stove. Here's everything else. And all of the plugs are behind the refrigerator. And all of my new wedding stuff is electric. Uh, Okay, what am I going to do? So much of life is trial and error. Uh, (laughs) Just figuring it out. But you know what? 
those guys were so hungry for a home-cooked meal, they didn't care whether it tasted good <laughs> or not. I think it did okay. Ron yeah. said it was good, yeah. but he couldn't have said anything else. <laughs> <or anything>. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, those kind of things, yeah. you know, those are – that's what you get when you're together, but then when you had to start writing, I, I wrote him every day. He wrote me every day. Yeah. But we didn't actually wrote every day. Get him. Yeah, we get him in packs. You mm-hmm. get him in packs. But the next tour, then we had that wave where you said hello over, and somebody else oh. says hello over, uh. and you know we were talking huh. back and forth. We at least got to talk to uh-huh. each other that uh-huh. way. Uh-huh. The third time it was much better because huh. it was direct phone calls. Oh, is that right? Yeah, huh. yeah. He was well. He was working in the generals thing. Oh, I see. Oh, and oh that he was had fun. more access. Yeah, I yeah. got to go over there one time, and not very many army wives got to go. I went to Vietnam. All right. Well, mm-hmm. no. Got the full tour. Yeah. Did you oh, go up in yeah. a helicopter? Yeah. Yeah. Oh Lord. <laughs> I landed in a helicopter. I mean, I landed. He said, "Okay, we're going to take you on a helicopter ride for to see Saigon." Okay. Well, strap on. Okay. Where are the doors? <laughs> no doors. <laughs> up in the helicopter. You want to see Saigon? The pilot was uh-huh. Ron's friend. He uh-huh. had it all set up. He said, see there? I said, I see. <laughs> Tilted I it see. sideways. Hello. Up. Yes. Yes. Let's. <laughs> I don't want to see anymore. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> so we went. Yeah, I went in. There was a, went, he, it was a trailer, uh, you know, yeah. that's where they lived. Yeah. And his roommate had gone to Hawaii for some kind of school. So I got to come in. The first thing I saw was a gun with a black vest and mm. a helmet and I said is that yours he said no that's yours mm. mine <laughs> I said ha huh, I got a better one on you I knew you were you thought I would scream I didn't because I know how to shoot that in 16 <laughs> because the guys over at the military base where we were staying said any wives that want to know how to shoot an m16 can do it nice and I said, boy, I want to go. I've got boys in yeah, my house. Right. I better go learn how to do that. So I did. So it didn't scare me. And he, he was kind of disappointed. I think <laughs> he wanted me to freak out. But it was nice. Ron took me in his helicopter and showed me where all he had, all he had been before. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting, too. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice because not very many uh, army wives the air force wives got to go more often mm. than the army wives did mm. but that was very interesting i i began to really appreciate um what what he was doing and yeah. why he was doing it yeah and um fortunately when we were in oklahoma we had grandparents that would take the kids mm-hmm. and uh, my parents had the kids that time mm. so it was um, well, those are an excellent experience. excellent stories Linda let's <laughs> bring it to today what uh, what do you like doing now what gives you joy I'm mm. I'm really enjoying just being able to help like Lydia's birthday party yeah. on yeah, Saturday yeah. and and when anybody needs any help I I was in charge of uh, hospitality for about 20 years <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of nice to let somebody else plan, and if they need help, you mm-hmm. need to bring a cake or something. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very. You still enjoy just pouring into people. Yeah, 
I really, I really do. Mm-hmm. My one of my favorite things is two years ago we had an idea that we should have set up some dinner groups for <laughs> for the church where people would get to know each other. And we thought, well, let's have everybody commit to three dinners over three months. Yeah. And that was two years ago. And, and your group is still meeting. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> you you hey, just it's, like doing it. You like hosting. You know, our, no, <laughs> we take turns. And uh-huh. we have when one, two of our, two of our group left. Uh-huh. And so then, uh, then um, we get, more. we get another couple coming in. And so Marion was saying the other day, do you think we ought to keep doing this? And I said, till anybody, till everybody says they don't want to. Yeah, I don't care. We so all... once a month we get together and we talk about what's going on yeah. and what the church is going to do. Or yeah. I even get to do some counseling. With a with lot of kids. it. And you know, yeah, for sure. And you know, it the kind of people that I don't know if this is the right way to say it that you're attracted to that that are attracted to you really are those like young married yeah people that you think oh i've been you before and i know these struggles and i'm here to tell you it's going to be okay i think that's true yeah i i see myself a lot when they're coming in and they're talking about well we don't know if we're going to get you know moved we don't know when yeah. we're yeah. we're trying to figure out so what do you suggest i do i said if your kids want to go to Disneyland and you're going to get stationed mm. in New Mexico or mm. something, go ahead and take them. Take mm-hmm. your time. Let them. Let it, I said, you know, it's it's time together. Yeah. And when you're in the military, when you have one month together or or two years together, you want to take advantage, and the kids need mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. They really need to know that dad is there, and yet you don't want to. Sp- spoil his career and and, you know so being a military family is is difficult yeah you know something that's true just about you just to you know reiterate that point or to comment on it like the thing that is obviously true about both you and ron is just you love people oh yeah in a in a way that you just you like serving people and uh it sounds trite but without kind of judgment oh yeah like that you just I guess you have a very big heart, open heart for folks. I think we were fortunate that we raised in families that were both, mm. both his family and mine were like that. Mm. And so we just, I think that's why we get along so well. Yeah. Well, Linda, I love getting along with you so well. <laughs> you are a dear, dear friend. And Thank I am you. so grateful to spend a minute uh, talking minute. with you. A minute? We've been talking forever. <laughs> <laughs> By the time Pat Hello? gets done editing yeah, it, it'll well, be a you minute. Can edit yeah, some yeah, of yeah this. that's yeah. A, that's that's a edit a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, the way God has you know knit our hearts together in the Combs mm. family and Sheffield family, and it's been a just a great joy for us. And and I'm I am uh, spurred on by your faithfulness. Oh. I appreciate it. Well, Linda. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for coming in, and uh, thanks for the very good chat. That sounds like my man. <laughs> yeah, he's wrecking the wrecking the broadcast over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I thought I heard him. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, this has Thank been a great you. conversation with Linda Sheffield. Thanks, oh. Linda. You're welcome.